0: Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis and welcome to
1: this week's episode of our Business Benchmark Groups podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be sharing an interview, an interview that was shared at the uh, later stages of 2018 with a phenomenal husband and wife team, Rob and Rose Seymour from Pure Protect. Rob and Rose run a business that's uh, focused on, uh, I guess, their specialists in mould, damp water damage and indoor air quality solutions. They deliver a powerful high value hygiene and infection control solution to industries where health and safety are paramount. They've been a client of ours for approximately 18 months when this um, interview took place. And I guess in the 18 months journey, when we um, look at the snapshot and the from twos, their progression, which has been phenomenal in the areas such as, their average dollar sale has grown by over 250%. Their quote registration so the effort that they put into attracting their ideal customer and ensuring that they keep them engaged and continuously moving forward, progressing to the point where they become customers, has grown by over one hundred percent. That quote register was sixty-seven thousand dollars a month on average when they they joined Board of Directors Twelve and Business Benchmark Group, and currently. I guess, averages at over $135,000. Their work in progress has grown by over 1,000%. Their weekly revenue has grown over 100%. And all in all, their total employment cost versus revenue ratio has decreased by 60%, whilst their team headcount has grown by 150%. Now, when you think about it, it, all starts with being really clear on what it is that you are serving to the precise target market and you get to grow your quote register by over 100% time on time every other day, you will as long as you're following a very precise and structured and disciplined process you will convert more but most importantly you'll be attracting the clients that you deserve so pure protect and what they demonstrate in this interview and what they share with us and our community of business benchmark group is an ideal and perfect pivot in a business that was caught up. For, I guess you know a long time doing business with with clients and customers that were never ever going to be okay with pure protect in making profit so they needed to go two steps backwards to go four steps forward and in every business at every stage in every economy and in every I guess stage of your business you need to continuously be evolving and moving forward with I guess who is your ideal customer and how is it that you're pivoting your messaging and your cut through message and ultimately attract, attraction strategy for them. So Rob Seymour, Rose Seymour, Pure Protect, an, org, an organisation that's based in Sydney and is a benchmark business. Enjoy. <laughs> so I guess I know you don't do this for a living. I mean, you don't go around and <laughs> share and, and and ultimately share to a level where, you know, there's a lot of... Um, confidential information and yeah. as a community, and this is why this event is for our clients guys, it's, it literally is about five or six guests in this room that we have trusted through previous uh, conversations and, and parts of our journey with them at Business Bench, Margaret, for them to be in this room. The sharing that we just put out there is not about anything other than just um, this could be possible for everyone and in many cases it is. So. Can you provide a brief overview of um, you know, the business and, and where it started and why, I guess, from a very successful prior business, you started this one?
2: Yeah, well, we, uh, we actually started, this business started as a um, product oriented company. We had, uh, we would sold a business in 2007, we seven. We'd sort of gone around the world looking for the next great thing to do and we found this product that was targeted for the mould industry in the USA. And we uh, secured some rights to manufacture and sell that product in Australia. And we sort of built a little network of distributors under a franchise banner originally. And we saw the, uh, the potential of the mould remediation industry just through this product. We decided that we were giving away too much of an opportunity and sort of brought it all back. And have developed our uh, skill set so that we've got um, today we are mould remediators. We're licensed builders, we fix water damaged buildings which cause mold uh, in homes and, and, and buildings. And we work with a very, well we work with a number of segments of um, the market but the real opportunity that we've uncovered in the last couple of years, and particularly in the last 12 months as we've been working with you, is, is working with people who are suffering mold illness. And they, these people there, the events that have happened in their home or their workplace are not insured events, so we're not working for an insurer that wants us to do something for nothing. We're working for, with people who are very sick, in many cases they, um, they can't function. Brain function's gone, flat on their back, um, and so, um, you know, it's a high value proposition that we're bringing to them.
1: Brilliant, so. love that, and, and the distinction is, you know, there, there, there are multiple areas you could have focused, yes. but you made a commercial decision. Yes. We're going this way, not that way, yeah. which is serving you. Fantastic. Um, what, what were the crossroads? I mean, you know, you seasoned business owners. Um, I mean, we don't need to go into detail with what you had previously, but it was a very successful you know, business in, in, in numbers and and profit and and team size. But what were the crossroads? I mean, what, what would someone, I guess, at your level of entrepreneurial <coughs> spirit and um, I guess um, business acumen. What were your crossroads when you, I guess, knocked on our door in in, in I guess July two thousand and seven when we first met?
2: Well, we were we were frustrated, um, you know. I, mean, I see the sign there talking about people who are frustrated and fatigued and so on. I mean, we knew we had we we knew we uncovered a good business opportunity. We knew we had some, you know, our business to that point was going okay, but. We saw this new opportunity, and, and, and you know, I, I, wasn't sure, I wasn't sure what we should do with it, whether, you know, we'd take off down that track, and all of a sudden some big guy would come along and steal it from you or whatever. So I, I, I just didn't have the self-belief that the opportunity that I was seeing was actually real, you know? so Rose was a big part of encouraging me, um, Rose, my wife and business partner, but she was encouraging me. She's the, she's the optimist. I'm probably a little bit more sceptical. Um, but she saw that as, you know, that opportunity and just pushed me and said, you know, you need to get some mentoring, basically. You know, get some help and some guidance.
1: But, but over and beyond that, yeah. um, what did you realise was your business upside? What was the money on the table? Although you may not have defined it at that point, but you needed to not waste years in trying to do it in a half-beliefed, I guess, uh, identity? Well, we
2: just, we we saw, so what had happened in the background is environmental science and medical science had sort of found, you know, we could do DNA analysis on a building and determine that the person who was occupying that space was sick because of the building. So that's, you can't, you know, what is that number? It's massive. And when you know, 25% of the population are uh, genetically predisposed to mold illness. You know, again, you sort of put your mind around that number and you work it well. You can't even measure it. So we knew it was a big opportunity and it was just really. Um, how do we clone
1: you, really? Yeah. We get to clone Rob. How do we clone Rob? Yeah. yeah. Which wouldn't be a bad thing. He's <laughs> <laughs> a good looking rooster. Thanks, mate. <laughs> But so with all the
3: knowledge that he had yes. and experience he had in, in this field like how do we you, you don't find someone you can't just employ someone with that experience.
1: And it's also that classic situation Rose where you know the the, the business owner in most cases or the leader has everything in their head and the belief and trust issue mm. steps in and maybe you know if I share it with someone or train someone they'll become your competitor and blah, blah, blah. And we had to break that glass ceiling, didn't we? That whole lonely and where my time goes glass ceiling, which impacts all of us, I guess, including me. Um, At some point you need to, how do I not just look for a clone, but just trust my process.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then look, it was really about us getting people, you know, we had a small team and um, we've just, you know, I guess, sort of getting our minds engaged and actually recognising and, and quantifying the opportunity to some extent, it was then that gave us the confidence to go and recruit people.
1: So, so from a glass ceiling perspective, Rob, and, and Rose, you can, you can certainly chime in here as well. When you think about a year and a bit ago, what was your defined glass ceiling? What would you say it is? It was, because it's not no longer.
2: Yeah, it was, um, you know, we, we were, we didn't understand the full opportunity a year ago. You know, it's become clearer to us as we've spent more time, you know, with people in the US and you know, understanding um, you know what we're dealing with a little bit more. But like, I don't know what the revenue topside is. Like, it's you know, 50 million is probably understating it. If you if you look at if you look at you know the the medical and the environmental science, it's massive. Like in the US, they say. Um, you know that 50% of the buildings in the USA are affected by water and have an environmental risk for a percentage of the population. So, you know, you gotta, we know what we deal with here. We know how many buildings are water damaged. We deal with brand new buildings that are water damaged and people can't live in them. You know, we deal with old homes that are in the same. so. You know, I'd, I'd like to think that in the next two years we'll double our size in terms of turnover and. Um, um, and we're not holding that back. You know, we are chasing that.
1: So, so Rose, from your perspective, um, having watched Rob, I guess, evolve over the last year and a bit into the leader he is, uh, what would you say were the glass ceilings that Rob and the business needed to break through? Mm.
3: I think him backing himself was the biggest thing. I mean, we knew it was there. Um, look, I'm a realist, and I can, I, I was pushing him and going look, there was a you know, believe in yourself, let's, let, we can do this, it's there, let's do it, what's, what's holding you back? It's your belief, you know, we're here as a team, let's go for it, let's, let's work out how we, how we do that.
1: And I think there's a, uh, there's a sobering point that you've just made, that you just don't need it all. Mm. But you need that first step to be more precise, mm. and thinking about that first step and the breakthroughs for you, and, and, and you know, the numbers are just stunning, and, and, and I know they're continuing to be. But when you think about that being a reflection of your strategic work and your operational work but more importantly your belief and now our team is growing let's talk about the team what are some of the systems the processes the leverage points that don't have you under people's homes or on top of people's roofs at the ripe old age of 32 with a bad back. So let's think about where, what have you actually gone to work on regarding your leverage points? And how challenging or straightforward has that been?
2: Yeah, look, the number one thing that we've, we've had to do is to get our staff certified. Because of the industry we work in, you know, there is a, there's an industry body, it's an international body that certifies people that do what we do. And so, getting all of our staff have gone through that certification, which is expensive. It's time-consuming because you know it's a minimum of two to three weeks um, training for these guys, plus their own time. So, um, you know, getting those guys through that. Then, secondly, you know, really digging in and saying, well, okay, what kind of systems? You know, we've we've got a building component to our business. We've got a restoration component to our business. What kind of system? Do we need to, to manage the back end, primarily, or from you know, the CRM through the fulfilment end of it? And so yeah, we started looking around, we, um, we've brought in a system called SimPro which, is, um, which is, covers all of those things well for us. It's really designed for um, service-based um, you know, trades businesses and um, you know, it works well for us. We're still in the early stages of putting that through the business. But um, that's crucial for us, so we can manage time in the field, um, quality in the field, um, getting all of our um, safe work method statements, the JSA, is all um, you know signed off in the field by guys who are going on site. um, Because some of
3: our issues at the beginning was we had we couldn't get to our clients quick enough. Like someone's sick in their home, or there's a leak in the home, you need to action it within 24 hours. Definitely right. We didn't have staff with all that knowledge and expertise that could go and do all these jobs. And we were just, you know, we were letting clients down because we couldn't get there quick enough. And Rob, you can only do so many hours in a day, like, you know, you can go there and do the assessment, but if you can't follow up with everything after that for weeks.
1: And you could have the best marketing machine in the world, but if the first experience Mm a future customer has is a bad one mm. you've got no chance yeah exactly and it's money down the drain so yeah. that's a really good point because i i feel we've so revolutionized that choke point mm. we've so moved that forward and, and when it comes to the people management system the empowering of your people system yeah. let's talk about that because to me um not only in my own business and businesses over many years i know that that yep. in conjunction in alignment with being a better uh, quality provider delivered by better quality people is the right combination right so talk to me about the uh, the people management system and your personal I guess you know the empowerment part of that
2: yeah yeah so what we what we have done is defined our vision like who is our who is our customer and what are we about and we've communicated that through the team I mean it's a relatively small team but everyone buys into the vision for the business and what that means for our clients so we want to be the guide for, for our clients so to sort of lead them from that you know the hurdles that they're facing whether it's their illness or their yeah, the water damage problem that they've got in the building so communicated the vision and then it's the follow-up in the field um, so I'm, I'm meeting with my project managers on sites twice a week on those key sites and just going through um, you know what the scope is and how we're going against the scope and um, yeah and just and just that communication side has been has been crucial.
1: Has it been easy for you?: No it's
2: not because you know you've got a million things going on and um, you know a lot of people want you pulling you all sorts of directions but at the end of the day if you want to deliver a good outcome for that or whoever your client is you know you need your people on the ground to be bought into what it is that they've got to deliver
1: so, so again I, I, I just want to just hone on this for a couple of moments now. Your personal, again, your personal beliefs regarding am I good enough? Why me? Why is this opportunity mine? I don't know. Should I, shouldn't I? And it's not, everyone goes through it. Yeah. But your, your level of that, and then having to bring what are great A graders along with you, yeah. who are sort of sitting on the sidelines saying, hey, what about us? Yeah. Help us understand how we can help you more breaking through that glass ceiling. I mean, I just want you to hone in on that for a moment, right? The challenge that you had, would have been about five, six months ago to say, you know what, stuff it. Yeah. It was after your proper blueprint, when we worked on that together, yeah. coming back and just really laying that on the table and saying, okay, I'm taking the risk. Yeah. What's happened since you actually did that at a higher level, not just on site, we're talking in the office now.
2: Yeah, well, it, like, My my whole mindset around my business has changed, you know. And Rose has really encouraged me to, you know, break through those, you know, that self doubt that this is too good to be true kind of thing. So you don't deserve it or all those kinds of things. So yeah, the enthusiasm enthusiasm around the business for what the business is is just growing. I mean, we still work really hard. There's no, you know, there's no early nights, but. but,
3: uh, and also your, your knowledge yeah. and his worth to his clients. And I don't say that as a, a show thing, but you know, he had, he's got a lot of expertise in that area of helping people. And so we did have to redefine our business a bit. Like you start off as a small business and you grab at everything that comes your way. And we did that for a while, just because you, you do, you start it somewhere. Then we decided that we had to we couldn't cope with everything that was getting thrown at us. And so we decided that we would not do free quotes anymore because we were offering... So you don't do what? Free quotes. So we would, and it has, from stopping that, it has grown our business hugely. Absolutely. Hugely. Not, not just on a time um, perspective, but for the quality of work and, and how we can help people. Um.
1: Now, we're going to open up to question and answers in about 11 and a half minutes' time. There's at least seven of you in this room that need to ask, how do we do free quotes? I'm just putting it out there right now, right?
2: Yeah, we did that for a long time and then, and then we just, you know, we, we went from you know, doing a free quote to charging 850 bucks an hour to go to a site and do a, you know, a building assessment. So obviously had great financial implications for the business. But, but you repositioned
1: the language. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So that was innovation yep. at its highest level. Yep. And we'll, we'll flick over, nice segue. So the whole pivot, the whole business pivot, the whole customer service elevation, the whole team building yep. focus, in, internal, external, because teams also your strategic partners. Yep. So when you think about those three key moving points, some are vertical and deep, yep. others are horizontal and lifting. Yep. When you think about the, uh, the pivot, that the business has made, um, specifically in, we are in this segment for this customer, what are the one, two, three things that from, from a room perspective you can say this, this and this is exactly what we did and this is why we're on a clear path to continual improvement?
2: I think the number one thing was that we, we actually stopped and looked at where we were. You know, what, we, what were we as a business? you know, where were things, how was, you know, how was the money flow, what was the people position and what was the opportunity and so stopping and, and assessing was the first thing that we did and, and that was certainly with, you know, your guidance but, you know, we, we, were, we were getting to that point already ourselves but, so then making the necessary changes so, you know, just saying. We, was that tough? Yeah it was because one of the things, the first thing you think of is that, you know if I stop doing that it's going to have a massive revenue implication and you know we're going to go down the drain, you know in six months or the the pipeline's going to dry up, it just wasn't that at all, And you're
3: dealing with people as well, which is hard.
1: Well you're dealing with people, you're dealing with I guess the the unknown and you're dealing with I guess, uh, okay well how much opportunity is there in that part of the market so It's, a, it's, it's always a challenge when you do that. I guess um, w- when you did ultimately choose that idea, which was that more medical, um, that medical um, focus for your uh, business, um, how easy was it to go and build strategic partners, as in whether they were doctors or hospitals, in, on that journey with you?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, that's been a progression, and, and I guess we were fortunate that one of our early clients in that space was a surgeon and <clears throat> he couldn't he couldn't function because his house was water damaged and so he became we delivered a good result for that surgeon and um, that family became our best advocate and that opened up so they referred us to other people in a similar situation and then that started to flow on to doctors and and so now we have you know building biologists who go in and diagnose buildings we have integrated doctors who are f- helping heal these people who are affected,
1: just feeding us the opportunity. So,
3: huge percentage is you know, word of mouth.
1: Massive. When you're an expert, your marketing dollars go down. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So well done, again, you know, just a risk. Yeah. You actually went out, you proved it and you're building it and improving it. So, an amazing sequence in the pivot there. I guess, um, where do you think your business will be in 12 to 24 months time?
2: Um, I think our plan is to double our revenue over the next two years. Um, What's crucial to that is getting, we know the opportunities there, you know, the pipeline is indicated our our, our pipeline, our quote register is leading us in that direction. Um, What's crucial for us achieving that is going to be getting the people, getting our people.
1: And, and investing training. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So growing the people. Yeah, growing yep. the people. Excellent, so again, so that's what you see in 12 to 24 months time. Do you see um, an opportunity for merger acquisition, bolt on, I guess in terms of, um, you know, again, staying very true to the core. Yep. We don't need to be bright, shiny object yet.
2: Yeah, yeah, there, there, there are definite opportunities for us to Acquire businesses that that are aligned with what we're delivering. Um, you know, we've considered we've considered one, or we are considering one um, that would fit snugly with with what we do. And you know, we're already they're already a subcontractor, so we spend, spend considerable money with them. So um, it would be worth bringing them and you know acquiring them. So we'll I see love what, that. we'll see what happens.
1: That's fantastic. I mean it's just the way, again, how much time do you have a week Rob and Rose to critical thinking? How much a week do you have in your default diary in your working week devoted to critical thinking regarding your business of course?
2: Yeah, so I have two hours in my diary weekly for critical thinking. Usually I get to about an hour and a half and things are going wall around you or, you know, the phones are, but uh, I'm, probably, I'm probably a 7 out of 10 in terms of that discipline. Love that score. But, um, but it's been invaluable for me, you know, it's just, you know, taking, taking that clear-headed um, time and, um, and working on it.
1: Well, in my eyes, you're a 10 out of 10 in, in your progress and your clarity and your confidence and, and the declutter, you know, you've decluttered what was a noisy yeah. a noisy situation a year and a bit ago. Yeah. And you've, you, you know, you're, you're on trend for more than a double up in, in top line and definitely middle line. You're, you run a lean business, so your bottom line, as long as you don't go and buy an unnecessary Lamborghini <laughs> <laughs> yet. It's a Hilux. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard if it was, mate. But, uh, it's the yet thing. I mean, at some point yeah. you can. But um, it just feels to me that, you know, your, your, your feet are on the ground. You know, you've been in business um, um, a long time and you're still open to, okay, what else, and what could be, and what am I protecting? What, what's the risk yeah. I'm mitigating? So what are three tips that you could um, that you could give to small business owners that are, I guess, at, at, at a point where money is on the table, their business upside is there, there's a bit more clarity for it, but they just, for whatever reason, just feel it's three feet away from that gold. What's three tips you have for those business owners?
2: Well, I look, I think you've got to believe in yourself. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're in the room, you're obviously doing something good, something well, so believe in it, back yourself. But always take time to just evaluate where you're at. Take the time to, you know, look at where you are and, and where the opportunities are. And if you have an opportunity in front of you, then take it, grab it. If it fits with the business, grab it.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And, and I guess as a, as a husband and wife and a business partner team that's just continuously leaning Onto each other, into each other for good and bad and progressive um, reasons. Rose, how would you, um, if I was to ask you what is the level of quality of life right now, what would you say to that? Um, Look, it's good,
3: it's good. We're not always, Rob's always the boss, and I'm happy for him to be the boss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we're not always in the office together. So although we're always working together, Rob might be in the office twice a week or an hour here and there or whatever so you know we're not certainly not on top of each other all day long um so look it works well and it doesn't work, <laughs> I know it doesn't work for a lot of people but hey
1: it, it works but as far as the quality of life stuff I mean you guys travel a fair bit you're having yeah, yeah. you're having fun
3: yeah children are older we can you know freedom back again really yeah, yeah
1: Rob what would you say the quality of life ah uh, yeah it's good yeah I
2: mean there's yeah I'm getting plenty of time to, to do a bit of travelling um, and uh, you know the best thing about it I guess where we're at now is that you know the financial weight is, is not there we've certainly got you know there's reasonable cash flow to actually take time and look at the business which
3: leads to a, a better quality of life I think you know if you're not worrying. But when you're in small business you never leave it like it, no. it's always there it's 24 7 like and you have to accept that. And you either accept it and uh, enjoy it, but you know, um, what's the word I'm
1: trying to say? Work with it. You work
3: with it, and yeah. Yeah, It's not a negative.
1: It's not a negative. Yeah, but by fighting it, the the energy goes negative, that's for sure. Well, mate, thank you very much. Thank you, Rob and Rose, and uh, questions in the room. Any questions in the room? Hi. Stefan was talking about empathy, and we struggled here to talk about
3: you started to
2: talk about your clients or patients and, and the, the medical condition plus you're fixing a physical can you enlarge on the empathy because you, you change your voice when you talk about yeah
3: what's
2: going on. yeah well
3: we have our counseling hat on a lot
2: yeah we, we are a lot of our clients are really sick people and so you know they they're dealing with medical issues that are debilitating and so you know, you're having to be, you know, we, we our job is to, I'm not a doctor, I don't, I don't try and fix their medical condition, and we make a very defined line with that, because I don't, I don't give medical advice ever, but we can, we go and characterize the building. We look at their home and we, we determine what's wrong and what has to be done to fix it. And because of the condition these people are in, you are having to be empathetic, you have to understand something about their illness and, and often it's their doctors that have referred us to them so yeah we, we're not just uh you know walking in there with hammers and saws and just, you know
3: what a great relationship you've got
1: eh? yeah it's fantastic it's been, isn't it great yeah Plus, just brilliant. The possibilities is incredible yeah
3: when I mean, some of these clients we spend a lot of time in their homes yeah so yeah. you know mm.
1: and, and and it does bring it does bring home that that, that set of words there where, um, you know, understanding mm. and having enough authority to know you do have a hammer and a tong, mm. not a stethoscope, mm. stethoscope and a knife yeah. to cut people. You're there to cut their problem in their home, not yeah. in their body. Yeah. So I think that's a, a great distinction. Well done, Graham. Any other questions? Should be a few questions here. How, how do
3: you manage the health and safety of your own team and
0: yourself yep. dealing with
2: hazardous? Yeah. So that, that all comes down to our training and our certification. So we have our own, um, our own specifications for our staff in terms of what they've got to wear when they're dealing with these buildings. And, um, and then there are the, the certifications that our guys, so the, the training that our guys undergo from part of their certification, which is all about safety analysis. And so, yeah, our guys are commonly working with respirators, full suits, Gloves, that kind of stuff. so. With your staffing and your growth of your staff, we um, were having a discussion it earlier that it's quite hard to find um, you know, younger people who want to continue to grow. Yeah. Considering you have training and all these kind of things, do you have a set sort of quality of person that you're looking for, or do you have to sort of broaden your horizons and see if you can bring them in line with your values? Yeah, well, look, we've, we've been working through that. Um, very point um, very recently you know we've been we went to the market to try and find certified mould remediators and there's just none, you know it's, 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 an, it's not a big industry and so there's not lots of them around so we've just got to the point you know in the last couple of weeks where we've decided that we're just going to find people with the good attitude and invest in those people so the number one thing we're looking for now is is young smart people who aspire to be in the industry like, you know most people who wouldn't even you know, probably like most of the room here probably didn't understand a lot about what we do and it's the same for prospective employees it's just got to, we've just got to find people who are enthusiastic and have the right attitude and, and then invest in them and hopefully they stay with you I have second question to yeah. you,
3: yeah. Well speaking about what
2: you do Clarified. You make the assessment in the report, and then do you offer to execute what's required by subcontractors, or do you just provide the report? No, we. Um, a lot of, we do. We we will do a building assessment, and we will leave it up to the client to fulfil what needs to be done, or we offer to do it for them. So we have two distinct parts. Po- Two distinct parts to our business. One is our remedial building side, which only works on water-damaged buildings, and then we have our restoration side, which is all about the clean-up. So we'll, you know, to put it crudely, demolish, clean up, and restore the building. So we'll do both streams of work. Yes. Yeah, our employees. I mean, we have a few
1: subcontractors for... But every site has a team leader yep. that belongs to the business. Yeah. At a minimum. We manage all the subbies and manage their home. I guess in the last couple of answers, and, and judging by the questions that are coming, is again, just going back to being really clear. Who are you, what do you do, and who do you do it for? So that you can build the team that can deliver with all its tools and training and and onboarding processes, the relevance of getting your positioning so tight cannot be underestimated to the flow of your total business. Cannot be underestimated. And how much money is left on the table when you do one part and not the other part? If you do lead flow, which is the sales and marketing arm well, but you do operations and workflow wrong because you haven't kept an eye on the organisational chart evolution side of things, it becomes a, uh, a significant money on the table issue. So I love the questions and the answers. And I just thought it's important to just make sure that everyone understands. This is a step-by-step-by-step by step by step set out a, um, plan that for all of us, no different to Pure Protect, need to be, as owners and leaders in our businesses, responsible for. Thank you, round of applause. Well done. Thank you. Thank you Hi, I'm Stefan Kazakis from Business Benchmark Group and it was um, really, 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 uh, I guess, you know, h- how positive was that interview in terms of the progress from to that Robin Rose from Pure Protect, a business that's based in Sydney, has been a client of ours since um, I guess the middle of 2017 and um, their, their their outcomes, their progression, not only on a business level but also on a personal level has been nothing other than just simply stunning, Just. Phenomenal, love, love working with them. Um Clients like that, and we have so many of them in our community. It's really, really encouraging, and, and we love what we do here at Business Benchmark Group. But I guess I want to touch on that little point um, that Rob spoke about regarding you know personal belief and how his mindset changed in his business, and and how enthusiastic about the opportunities of growth and continued momentum, and bringing more of his team into the play. And as Rose shared, you know the support of I guess you know the the, the leadership team to the to the day to day team and how that's becoming closer and much more aligned than ever before but I guess you know We've got your profit blueprint um, coming up in the next several weeks, and what an awesome time that is! It's a line in the sand as far as a brand new year, a calendar year, is concerned. And uh, we do this twice with all our clients in our in our business community, and and they bring the next best persons from their team uh, to to attend and you know get on that journey of strategic planning, which ultimately confirms where is the activity, where is the execution, how is it that we're going to measure, how is it they're going to stay accountable to what we said we will do, what is working, what is not working, what are we going to do about that. You know, we leave nothing to chance and it's so simple and the more repetitive that process becomes, the higher the yield, you know, the 100s and the 1000% improvements start occurring when you really get good at being very clear about what you need to be disciplined and focused and consistent with. And, uh, you know, when you really think about what it is that we do here at Business Benchmark Group, we're, we're, we're a force That's ultimately your sounding board and we leave nothing to chance. We leave nothing that doesn't need to be discussed, that should be discussed. And ultimately we are... I guess on your team, on your strategic team, to keep that accountability, that momentum, that progression, and very often in business, you know, we need to go two steps backwards to go four steps forward. Not everyone is experienced and rehearsed in how that happens, and and here at Business Benchmark Group, this is what we do. This is our ex, this is our expertise. This is our authority. We do it with hundreds of business owners on a monthly basis, and uh, we look forward to you, I guess, in our community, our community members of Business Benchmark Group, to reach out to your next best uh, business a friend and uh, if they're in a position where they have five or more people on their team, full time employees. Bring them along as your guests to our Your Profit Blueprint. That would be really, really cool to keep on expanding our community. And that's our intention here at, uh, at at Business Benchmark Group for 2019. We're going to expand our community. We're going to continue to add value and make a real, genuine, authentic and non-negotiable difference for every one of you, just as we just heard we have in Robin Rose's life at Pure Protect in Sydney. I'm Stephen Kazakis, where we empower business owners to achieve continued business and
0: life success. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education, and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 039001 0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well.